As we begin, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is being recorded and created, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and their connections to land, sea and sky. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to the Art of Connection podcast, a space for intentional, mindful conversations for creators and makers. Here we talk about the vast tapestry of art and creativity and how it is woven throughout our lives to connect us to meaningful people, places and experiences. You're here with me, Jana, a conscious creator, teacher, mother and artist with a love of those golden moments in life. You know the ones. I hope this podcast feels like a big hug from a close friend, a full deep belly breath, and you feel the loving intention infused in its design. Thank you for being here. Let's begin. I'm here today with Yaz Delmar of Tiny Cupboard Creatives, the most effervescent and bold creator, art teacher and mentor. She's a sole businesswoman, a mother, and an absolute powerhouse I have the honour of knowing. Yaz is not like any other woman I have met before, and our chance meeting was written in the stars in 2021, connecting us through another artist and creator, which I'm sure we'll get into. Yaz teaches art on a turn-by-turn basis to adults and children alike in her tiny cupboard, which is now a shop, its own studio in Bentley East in Victoria. Today we sit down to talk about our connections with art, how it saves us, soothes us and lends us as a conduit to our higher selves and the connection to others we're satiated by. Especially during a big time of transition from married woman to single mum and from business partner to solo businesswoman and, importantly, from cancer patient to cancer survivor. In this episode, We learn about Yaz and her connections to the art and the connections it has in her life. Please enjoy. This episode, um, because this episode was recorded in Yaz's beautifully eclectic and curated home in Bentley East over a cup of tea and some snacks, we just had so much momentum in the conversation and it ended up being so much longer than we had both anticipated which I guess is quite obvious now when I look back um, and think about the circumstances um, in which we recorded because we are close friends and have a lot to talk about (laughs) so I've actually decided to split this conversation into two episodes And that way you're able to delve in and really get a grasp on each aspect of the conversation rather than it all being overwhelming and all at once. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Um, You can picture us sitting on a couch, (laughs) um, effortlessly eased back and 
our body language is very relaxed and open and we're ready to just dive in and have these conversations. So please enjoy and let us know what you think. Connect on Instagram with myself at the Art of Connection pod or Oakenhaven. And Yaz's Instagram is Tiny Cupboard Creatives. I'll pop them their details in the show notes for you to click through and I'll share the information on Instagram too. I hope you enjoy the episode. Let us know what you think and we would absolutely appreciate it if you had time just to leave a five-star review so that others can also find this podcast. That's all. Working? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> like that? Right. And there's a little blue light on Yeah, perfect. Okay. And then that'll just do its thing. Oh, okay. Here's my, my thing. All right. You ready? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> all okay. the time. Here we go. So I welcome my very first guest. Wild. <laughs> we're sitting, wild. Um, for context, we're <clears throat> sitting in Yaz's lounge room. We've just had a beautiful um, Vietnamese lunch. Yep, delicious. We've been pacing nervously. Procrastinating. Because <laughs> they're both a bit nervous. Yeah. Um, so I guess the whole point of this podcast is to talk about well, it's called the art of connection. So talking about how, how art connects us to people, places mm-hmm. and experiences in our lives mm-hmm. and what art um, connects you to in your life. So I guess my first question would be um, what's currently connecting you or magnetizing you in the art world? Yeah, at the moment, because of where I am, I reckon, in my chapter, it's probably through work, mm. teaching and holding space for others I guess it's symbolic because I'm really trying to hold space for myself but I can't create at the moment Mm. so it's been awesome to be surrounded by others who are creating um because I've given them an idea yeah um and that feeds me Mm. and you know it's the art of connection (laughs) I mean it's all interconnected that's what I'm learning about art it's everywhere it's mm. um I don't, you know i don't know if you've spoken about it already but like how we're culling and making space for that creative mm. energy to come yeah and i'm welcoming it at home and at work if, if you call it work yeah you know? <laughs> um and i'm surrounded by thirsty creatives who don't know where to start so it's interesting that i help people start but i'm struggling to start for myself mm. In light of... In like a capacity way? In a capacity way. Mm. Like I haven't... Like last night I ran a workshop with City of Greater Dandenong for the Winter Warmers Workshop. And it was the first time I created along with the participants. Because usually in real life you have to, um, you know, roam around mm. and hover and... So teaching presence. Yes. Yeah. And um, online you can't see what they're doing. Mm. So the way I facilitate zoom lessons is to model for them Mm. the exact same activity but for me yeah and having a presence in it in the practice yes and Mm. then seeing me create on an easel right in front of them whoa and i think another teacher oops like she was a participant but she she's an educator she said yeah like just seeing you 
actually create alongside us doing the same activity and saying, I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, no, but I love it. Scratch it, it out, start not, again. It's not, I'm not vibing with it. And I remember painting it all black, you know, mm. the background and it's like, oh yeah, that's it. I said, look, at the end of the day, it's about how you feel about it. Because mm. when we log off, you have to stare at it. Mm-hmm. So it does actually matter what everyone else thinks. Mm. I don't like it. So I'm going to get rid of it. Yeah. And um, I was talking about how the mediums I choose are all about forgiveness. So acrylics, washi tape, lino, like you just... What do you mean by that? Like, so like if you stuff up an acrylic painting, you just let it dry and just paint over it. Ah, so all okay. the things that... Um, uh, can be remedied. Yeah, easily. So mm-hmm. um, I said we're so hard on ourselves all the time just in life. It's nice to choose an art medium where if you stuff up, it's okay. You just mm. do it again or layer it. You keep layering it until, you know, um, you find a way mm. around it or accept it or you just start again. But I love the idea of um, having materials that are kind on the mind. And the workshop that I ran last night um, was inspired by an artist called Marika Koda. I think her real name's Naomi Vona and she does reverse style style collage like i just kind of made that up but it looks like a reverse because you start with a magazine and you add to it oh okay rather than cutting it out and and joining pieces it's and like, then adding it to a blank yeah. page because when i did the artist's way i realized i have a fear of starting ah uh, yes so having a base to start with and mm. just you don't know where it's going to go and your job is to follow the bliss so like i'll give them a loose outline so choose your background colors mm. And they're like, then what do you do? I'm like, and that's when you have to decide. Like, do you insert another color? Do you use washi tape to create the pattern? Yeah. Do you use a pasta pen? Yeah. And then you add. And you add. And it's quite maximalist if you want it to be. Or minimalist if you, it's not your jam to add lots and lots. So it's quite freeing in that way. Yeah. So for someone like Mm. me who's a bit risk averse or. Which is interesting because you're a potter. But anyway. Yeah. Or like, um, I think it's my perfectionism in full force. Yeah. But knowing that I can just make some clean lines and, you know, have it simple and lovely compared to someone else who wants to, yeah, smash a thousand pieces of paper or whatever onto their piece and knowing that it's like both of us are doing it in the right way. It doesn't matter. Yeah, there's actually no wrong way. Yeah. And I love that. Oh. That soothes my yeah. <laughs> the inner, my inner child is like, oh, there's no wrong way. Perfect. Great. And someone said, how do you know when to stop those? Mm. Like, oh, such a hot question. <laughs> um, and some of the participants that met me during um, lockdown round two, mm. uh, end of 2020, and we met because they came to my art tapas online. And that same question came up. I said, um, it's an e- interesting one because we all know when we've gone too far, you can hear it in the, oh, the <laughs> you know, you can hear it. It's like, oh. You said you that, so you have to be present and see how you feel before that sound comes out. And it, it's often when you start to hesitate, mm. that's generally the flag of like when to stop. And it's really honing in on those tiny Signals. little things, yeah, mm. that you often just miss, yeah, in life. And do you think it's when you're in your head too much that you don't pick up on them? Yeah, or when you commit to a plan and you want the plan to come, but the plan isn't working is it working so yeah. you have to abort mission on the plan yeah and um you know i've seen people commit to the plan and become sad because they knew they weren't vibing it in the first place uh, but they, they already had a just, plan or just like giving themselves the grace to start again if it wasn't working just yeah, to yeah rather than grace. see it to fruition so yeah. i've learnt this year 
that actually art is so and in light of my year of all the things which I'm Mm. sure we'll go into (laughs) I've turned up for all bar three sessions yeah because I'm really open about you know I I don't think I can come I'm paralyzed to I know that art's good for me so I'm here Mm. and I tell that to the kids I tell that to the adults and I always start each session with a story Mm. And it's always about what whatever rabbit hole I'm in. And it inevitably <laughs> is always art-related. Yes. So... So that's the connection there. Yeah, mm. that I I find meaning in it. And um, it's almost like a little life guide. The way we approach, I approach art is, I guess you could apply the same things to whatever's unfolding in real life mm. that's not related to art. Mm. But I guess life is art right we're making our own as we go art we're collaging as we go in the micro moments yeah yeah in our in the micro moments in the whispers Mm. in every single and also knowing when sometimes we should i've done it like i've gone too far you know too far or i should have said no i should have yeah like when you said to me you knew you should have said no to like you know something that i didn't didn't sit well with me yeah (laughs) straight away (laughs) and i was just like i knew with my pursed lips but i ignored myself yeah and i guess art it's like a little bit like the karate kid right it's like that um wax on wax off situation yeah um it's um where we're waxing the car or painting the fence um yeah it's priming us Mm. like you know for the life we actually want to make for ourselves yes and taking the risks Mm. Easier said than done, I guess. Oh, Lord. But art is such a great way of, I guess that's probably what you would find in your classes Mm -hmm. for both children and adults, to have the permission to take the risks. Because when you can take risks in a setting that's safe and guided and purpose made for that, and then you feel confident taking the risks in in that way, in that context, then you can kind of start to apply that in other aspects of your life. Like you build a self-confidence just to experience and try different things. Yeah. Do you want to hold that a oh, bit? Cold? Sorry. Which or, or, or it, You can probably even just hold it. Oh, uh, no. I think oh, that's I'll just lean forward. Are you sure? Yeah, because I'm like very movie. Okay. You know. Yeah. So, yeah, I am. Um, yeah, I like tonight um, and last week, you know, I, I um. <laughs> They hated me like, I was like, oh, we're going to play a game today called This, That or The Other. Mm. And you've got to choose one. They're like, oh, no. Out of three choices. Out of three choices. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I hate games. Because, you know, adults come to me, they just want to be told. Yeah. And I gave them a choice. And I said, look, all of these things we've done before mm. and they all seem really hard. And when I introduced them to you, I was really open about like still learning about that process. Mm. And I'm proud to say I actually feel confident enough to share what I've learned about it to pass it on. Yeah. And they're like, oh, this looks really hard. And mm. it's like, but I'm, I'm going to walk you with, I'm going to walk with the you. journey. Yeah. With whichever one you choose with you. Yeah. Step by step. Yeah. Trust. Why do you think it's so hard for adults to, make a decision out of three options like when we put it like that it kind of it seems relatively easy because it's it's only three and you know exactly what each three are because they all look really hard oh they look hard because i was going to say we make a thousand decisions a day as adults you know is it just like decision fatigue or is it because it 
each one poses its own challenge and they're not sure. I feel like they don't, a few reasons. I feel like they don't have the capacity to bend their brains that yeah, in that something way. for something new because mm-hmm. they already bent their brains. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, or... Um, or they're so at capacity that I don't know what they want. Mm. Yeah. They don't even – and you can ask me the same, like, what makes you happy? Mm. Uh, I guess I've really honed in on it as of late, but I've been that person, like, I, I don't know what I need. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Oh, gosh, we do this all the time, especially if you're a bit – well, we're, you and I are both neurodiverse and just making decisions about what to eat, you mm-hmm. know, when you're not hungry but you need to eat. Yeah. And not not knowing what your body's craving because you can't read it sometimes. Yeah. Even that is hard, you know. Well, I love eggs, but there are days recently as well, it's like, I don't want to eat anything. I don't, yeah, yeah. And well, next I could minute, get... Nutella. Like, because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, the little child in me is like, I know. Please, something, anything. It's like, yeah. you, the little kid in me is like, I know what I like. Yeah. <laughs> let's get the Nutella. I'm like, all right. All right, here we go. You're the only one talking. A biscuit. So, like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who said that? Perfect. Yeah. Um, is that how has your journey with art led you to where you are now? So, holy crap, that's just a that's a big, a big one. question. Yeah, just a little one. Just just a minor. Well, I guess we could both say like, well, we both were teachers, right? We, yeah, we both have experience in the classroom, which feels like, you know, yesterday, but also a lifetime ago. A lifetime ago, but it took yeah. me three years to give up that teaching license. Mm. Have you given up? <laughs> Don't look at me like that. You haven't, have you? No, oh, I've still hilarious. got mine. Well, yes. yes. I listen in the great color of 2023, which I've just been going through. I'm almost at the end. Um, I actually gave away a lot of clothes that I would wear teaching. Mm. They were like my teaching clothes, and one of them in particular. Um, and if I guess if some ex colleagues are listening or friends that I've met from work, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But I used to wear this denim jacket. And okay. I, it was, I wore it so much that the elbows were threadbare. Like they looked, they were like distressed, you know, but Ooh, it was so from like legitimate, legitimate wear and tear. And it took me a long time to give that away because the jacket fit me like a glove. Mm. Like it was like stretched and molded to my body because of the amount of times that I wore what? it. Yeah. And I guess that was like my teaching uniform. Like I was fresh out of uni. I thought. I don't know, just the clothes that I had. It was like, oh, this is what a professional wears or this is what a teacher wears. And it's like, I don't know, even when I was in a room full of 18-year-olds or 17-year-olds teaching a VCE subject, like I still, I felt like such an imposter because I still felt so young at the same time. Like I was only a few years older than these kids. Yes, I was there, yeah. So it just, yeah, it, it feels different to let go of those old clothes because they're such a huge part of our identity and who we are and how we present in the world. And now I just, I mean, I wear what I feel is comfortable and that I love and that, you know, feels at ease for me. Uh-huh. Like as soon as you put something on, I feel like you can feel it in your body. How you, oh, 100%. How it, you know? <laughs> but that is what you channel in art and that's what you mm. should channel in life. Yeah. But I guess in life we've been conditioned from a really young age from various, from various, I don't know, um, like culturally, Influences. yeah, family, mm. um, wherever it's come from that we can like, my, a friend of mine, uh, Janine and I, we always talk about like how we're obsessed with like labeling things or or like putting things in boxes mm. when actually it doesn't matter. It's just all the same energy. Yeah. Um, and I guess... Just in a different form. It's just in a different form. Mm. And 
if you see it as an energy, like, um, you know, you want to channel your frequent, like how you want to feel in your body. Yes. It's all the same, mm. you know, and um, yeah. right now it's, I just want things to be simple. I agree. And even in terms of like what mug you use for your tea. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Because <laughs> the first thing I bought, because my friend that Rebecca McNeil, <laughs> yeah. she was like, you know, uh, in light of your separation, if you see something that makes you feel good, mm. spend the money. It will come back. I agree. And the first thing I did was buy a whole load of mugs. Yeah. Like bougie mugs, mm. you know. Um, and you gave me mugs when we first yeah. met. Yeah. Um, and that was almost like a – I didn't even know at that point that that's what a hug felt like to me when mm. I'm alone is – a nice cup of tea or a warm drink in a beautiful mug yeah from a friend from a friend yeah um and the permission to (gasps) buy the 50 dollar mug yes and i now am such an auntie because i drive around with like a thermos (laughs) of hot water um because i've ridden this whole chapter sober yeah because i want to To not um i don't want to um i want to see an I want to feel it and see it in all its glory without like um, a veil on it. Mm, interesting. You know, where drinking or um, smoking weed would mm. have led to an escape. Yeah. So I, I don't want to escape, but I actually just want to walk through it. Yeah. Um, in its entirety. Yeah. Because of the cancer journey, I don't want it in my body anymore. Yes. Yeah. Just, so to I just feel want it one time. It. Yeah, one, once one is time, enough. Once is enough. And yeah. I know it will come back at me. Feel it fully and let it go. But I want to feel its wrath now. Yeah. And if it comes back later in a different form, I'm hoping that the concentrate will be diluted a bit because I've done the hard bit already. Yeah. What's the it that you're talking about? The pain. Okay, yeah. The Whatever that yeah, the pain the discomfort label is. The discomfort. The, yeah. yeah the, the doubt, the fear, the injustice. It's pretty grueling. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. exhausting. I won't mm-hmm. lie. It's um, I've been calling it the banger, like hit after hit. <laughs> yeah. I should have like an essentials playlist yes. in 2023, Bangers. greatest hits. <laughs> you know, I've got all these things like CD, like essential, like a playlist, a Netflix special, oh TEDx God. talk, stand-up comedy. Who knows? Banger after banger. It's, a, it's like a hit after hit. So the ba- the, it's the bangers. I love it. And, um, and now when things happen, I think the thread this year is to surrender that we have no control mm. and that the timing is always divine. Mm. And I, there are moments where I don't doubt that. It's like, oh, oh my God, I've always been taken care of. Like, why am I stressing about this? Yeah. But, you know, you see me, like, um, the context is I'm culling my home like Yana <laughs> and I'm, like, obsessing over, like, what rug should I choose? What yes. rug? I'm trying visually to create space and ease on mm. my eyes, on my senses, on my feet, like down to my feet. Yeah. The I least wanna... resistance possible. Correct. Yeah. I want to be able to paint with like a nice low pile on my feet. That's right. And do you know what? I feel like I just I just know that other people will be like nodding to this or like completely getting it because if you are creative in any way, it's like it's very easy to find resistance to not do things. Correct. And But yeah. also at the same, same time, when things are set up for you to thrive, like having a cushy, delicious rug under your feet, mm-hmm. it like that that is a game changer. It's such a life force giver as yes. well. And I completely understand. I've, yeah, I've been doing a similar thing and it's just the least resistance in my house or my life the better because it helps you get into the slipstream. Yes. You know. Of... Well, there's less reasons to, to not. Yes. And, you know, we were talking about earlier how 
um, in my like so in art, like when I when I do teach the adults, I always make um, it a point that I use kids materials because often as adults will say, oh, look, I don't know. I haven't got time to, I don't know what to use. Like, or, um, or Posca, that's really Posca expensive for teenagers or like, that's really expensive. Yeah. Like I haven't got time to, you know, so my, um, or my proposition, messy. yeah, it's yeah. really messy. So I say, look, these cost $5. You, I can send you a link, yeah. um, have a go at it before yeah. you drop money on it. Mm. Um, but actually, kids' materials, I love them because they're easy to clean up. Mm. Um, you can act, They're cheap, easily accessible, and you can still make awesome art even with kids' equipment or household items like tea or coffee yes. um, or, you know, whatever's lying, lying around the house. Um, and, yeah. you know, I, I'll ramble off a whole load of artists that, that do that. Yeah. Um, and – you could do a Jackson Pollock. And That's it, a Jackson Pollock. a cigarette butt in the canvas. Yeah, anything. Yeah. Or like, you know um, – Use uh, I don't have any paint, so you could just use tea. Mm. Um, like you know, um, John Olson used to use whatever. God, there's really no excuses there. But we're the excuse. Yeah. So it's funny because I have this. Um, I, I it's weird calling it a job. I have this opportunity in my life where I can make an income, support mm. my babies, and mm. and all I'm doing is giving people permission to have a crack or yeah. to breathe. And um, I remember um, a few people, but one person in particular that I used to have a connection to said, I can't believe people pay you. <laughs> and and you say to them, the first thing you say is, I actually don't care if you make any art today. Yeah. I said, the art is just like my my disguise. They're, they're paying for the permission. The, they're paying for the permission. Yeah. They're paying to drop their shoulders. They're paying to unclench their jaw. <gasps> they're paying yeah. for people to not talk to them and for them to have permission like how you go to the gym, you know, I'm essentially catering for people like me who don't, I'm not a gym person. I don't want to go out and um, shop or um, spend um, lots of money on dinner. I just actually want to play with art equipment and have tea. Yeah. And and listen to a good playlist. And listen to a good playlist <laughs> and have a bit of a giggle. Yeah. And uh, be with other people that find the same release and relief when they're with uh, art equipment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, I curate. Connecting the... to themselves. Yeah. Mm. And um, and the kids and the, the adults, when I ask them to choose, it's so noisy that like last week they had to choose it between the three activities and some people spent the entire time thinking because uh, I yeah. couldn't feel what they wanted to do. Yeah. And I said, well, that's okay. What if I get it wrong? What if I choose the wrong thing? Yeah. 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 And I am always like, well, you know, can we change your mind? And I have an open cupboard policy, so like I always encourage to give it a crack. Mm. And if it it really doesn't float your boat, then the cupboard's open, and you can try, go back to or, or go back to what you love. Yes. Okay. But permission to go back to what you love. Oh, what a safety net! Creative yeah. safety net. Yeah. So I'll give it a go. But if I don't like it, I'm gonna go back to my Poscas. Yeah. And and I'm not offended because mm. I said I'm, I'm not offended. Mm. Um, and I I made these um. Uh, down, I had these like um, downloads this year. I was like, these, was, wow, that was profound. Like, yes. Whoa. And it's like, you know, um, I think, like, I'm a real believer that there's um, room for us all. Yeah. There's room for all the different art forms, all the different styles, whatever you like, float to your boat. Yeah. Um, and I know that there's been a real surge in sip and paints or. Um, <laughs> Just laughing because I know where this is going. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like there's a real surge for getting drunk or having a drink and 
following someone step by step, getting the same colors or whatever and, and being told. But I said, essentially, and, and it really throws people when they come to a pop-up, like the Art Yum Cha, where mm. I give them a buffet. So um, the context is like it's a big buffet table set up like a Yum Cha, but inside the steamers are different art mediums. <laughs> and I'll say to them, I know you thought I was going to tell you what to do today, but who I'm, um, who I'm appealing to is the little person in you or the person that's really inside you that's like, ooh, I've really wanted to try that. Mm. Or, ooh, spray paint, that feels a bit naughty. Mm. Or, ooh, hummer beads, they remind me of being a little kid or shrinky dudes. I'm appealing to that one. Yeah. That one that goes, ooh, that one. I said, because you could go to a sip and paint and you can tap out 100% and have a really great time. But what what I'm trying to appeal to is that I want you to tap out to tap back in because Mm. I do feel like when I get you to – embrace that part of you squealing you can actually self-sustain that without me yes so you tap out just like to tap in yes to tap into yourself without me yeah yeah you know because i've done many short courses i'm like a short course whore like you know like (laughs) legit and at the end when the instructions finish yeah you're like, okay, what what now? What do I do now? And that was my high school experience. Like, yes. like on a silver spoon, told what to, yeah. you know, told what to write, you know, um, you know, templates, t- templates, or... templates, templates, but without a template, I was lost. Yes. So, um, learning how to self-sustain that excitement. And I didn't get that. Yeah. Um, in my formative years, I don't reckon I was always told strict house, strict school mm. that when I became, I realized I wasn't what everyone I was supposed to be. Yeah. I felt really lost. Yeah. You know, and when I, I left London, I was in a management position and it makes me laugh and I never tell anyone about it because I <laughs> feel like it's so far from who you are, who I am that I'm almost embarrassed to tell people. But mm. when I left London, I was part of a young team of assistant principals mm. and I taught um, for some of the week, but I was also in charge of behavior which I actually kind of understand because of mm. my ability to connect, yeah. but also assessment. <laughs> and I, the idea of a rubric and levels and moving up two levels every term makes my mouth so parched. Like eating a dry biscuit. Dry biscuit, no tea, no water. <laughs> like so like, sad. Like a spreadsheet. Like parched, pasty <laughs> mouth. Like a, chewing a dry wheat bix. Oh my God, with zero moisture. Zero moisture, 0% humidity. Yeah, and I think... How did I sustain that? And I remember I was unwell. Yeah. And anyone that listens to me um, who's worked with me in London and even in, in Australia, like I used to have really bad belly aches. I had hives and eczema all over my body. My, ex- my hives were so bad that I couldn't wear my wedding ring. Wow. Um, and like uh, did you get like chronic headaches or migraines? or? No, I had bad no. belly and okay. it would shoot up, yeah. like shoot up from the bottom straight to <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. I would have like that stabbing, like yep, yeah, straight, yeah, like it's like shock. someone's yeah, yeah, like electric, like, like bad. Like, yeah. Um, or my skin would be so bad, and I was unwell all the time. I had pneumonia. I always caught every bug that was so going susceptible around. Susceptible to just getting, getting everything. It all. Yeah. So it's interesting now that I'm kind of doing my own thing, and I and when I say I'm doing my own thing, I didn't come with a business plan or a IT know-how or mm. an accounting, you know, spicy brain here, no likey, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
So, you know, it's funny that um, I'm in my fourth year mm. and, you know, um, Yana, you helped me set up my shop and it was profound that I was there because mm. I don't do Excel. Like visually the Excel spreadsheet is, you know, wow, that's really ugly. My brain doesn't like that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, being formally assessed and they make you do that test where it's all those games. Uh, <laughs> and I'm and like, the paperwork. Oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> These games, I knew where this was mm. going. It's like the land of B-Pay and all those long numbers and grids. Paying bills and reading forms and, and paperwork. reading letters. Yeah. So the Centrelink letters, um, you know, me and Centrelink, I don't know how I taught um, refugee families with no English, with no – like Centrelink is a – wild place yeah because Because it often has the added element of some kind of stress yes people don't go to centrelink for fun it's not like it's not like you go there when you're in a good way in in the sense like it's usually yeah after a change of circumstances so like employment um changes or family changes Mm -hmm. or separation or illness or something some kind of yeah poverty or whatever it might be like it's even like pregnancy like uh baby making like or and actually it's really confronting when you do a centrelink form and it's got all the different versions of all the things in life that could go bad yeah and you're like (laughs) oh my god that's horrible um and and i taught english as an additional language yeah my game was to unpack that stuff for others and when it was my turn i couldn't unpack it yeah because it was so text heavy and it was full of all the things that I hate, numbers. It's also text. very heavy in itself, the whole process. Yes. Energetically. Yeah. Um, so heavy. Mm. Like a dead weight. Could could you just check your yes. screen? Just tell yep, me. Yep, still going. Oh, okay, great, great, great. Yep. Perfect. Um, I. So if we rewind a little bit. So our chance meeting. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> sometimes, it's actually wild to me that I'm just sitting on your couch doing this with you because... Like, not that long ago, we were strangers. Yeah. <laughs> um, Isn't that wild? Yeah. We were actual strangers. Real life, legit strangers. Mm. So our connection, so I guess we, yeah, we, we were both teaching. Um, I had... Both I on mat on, leave? Yeah, we were both on mat leave. Oh, no, you were on mat leave. I was and, on mat leave, yeah. And I'd started, so I'd just had cancer. Yes. Oh, I'd been treated for cancer. So it was like 2021, I'd say. Like, like yeah, I'd say... Was it 2021? Yeah. <gasps> Wild. Okay. Because yep. um, I was still living at my old place in the Dandenong Ranges, mm-hmm. and I was working for um, a beautiful friend that I had met through Mother's Group, who was a ju- who's a jeweler, ceramicist, painter... Mm-hmm. Works with textiles, all sorts of things. Shabana Jacobson, legend, wearing her earrings today, actually. It's nice. like a little homage to her connection to us meeting. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I was working in her store. She kindly gave me a job while I was on mat leave and it was in lockdown or the end of lockdown, in and out, I would say. The weird ebbs and flows towards the end. Yeah. And you had come in um, after being at a retreat and we met each other in her shop. Yes. And I remember... And this sounds bad, but I know every single mother knows exactly this feeling. Mm. I'd just done this retreat um, with Hasmin. Um, she did, uh, I think her business back then was called Me Plus We, or she was a consciousness coach. And we'd just had a massage and she'd done this beautiful session. We had a walk in the Botanic Gardens. Mm. And, 
And at the end, it was all these mothers and no one was free because they all had to go home to their families. Oh, yeah. And I didn't want to go home yet. I wasn't fit. I wanted to, to potter Savor around Alinda and, and your shop was open. Mm. And it was filled with all these handmade goodies and... Um, I was mesmerized and you were there behind the counter and I saw your earrings and I didn't know they were your earrings. <laughs> yeah. And I was just, and I, I remember going around the shop over and over and over again and we mm. got chatting and you're like, oh, they're my earrings. I'm like, oh my God, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how we met. And, um, and then I stalked you online. Just yeah. Yeah. connected on Insta yeah. and kind of kept in touch ever since. And then, so do you want to talk about January? Oh, yeah. About that was kind of like I had met you in person and then we kept, you know, would see what we were up to on Instagram. And you were quite open about um, your life, like, um, you know, moving out and you were single mumming. Yeah. I had just gone through that kind of – I was just climbing out of the trenches actually at that stage, like ready to kind of sell my house and move. That's wild. Yeah. And there was that big storm. A huge storm. And there was no electricity, right? Yeah, for three weeks. Mm. And my daughter had just broken her femur. Oh. She was uh, almost two. And so she was in a cast from her ankles to her waist. Mm. With like a hole for for me to put a nappy on her. Mm-mm. She was in that for five weeks. I had just gone through a separation. So I was living alone, um, learning how to be a single mum and uh, organising all the, the mountain of paperwork that comes with separating and settling yes. and sorting out emotionally and logistically the what would happen moving forward. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a time. It was definitely a time. Um, yes. And then also that big storm happened in the hills where um, a lot of trees came down in the mountains and, um, yeah, a lot of people, even now it's been two years and some people still haven't been able to rebuild their house because of insurance wild? and all that kind of stuff so yes it was a wild time and I think for me having someone like my friend Shabana give me that job somewhere that I could be and connect with like I used to do a lot of her glazing for ceramics mm. before I had even touched ceramics myself and it was actually Shabana who said to me you, sh- you should do this yourself like you'd be great at this and I was like no 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 like the imposter syndrome was sky high and yeah, and um, just but being in a space that's creative, mm-hmm. that is filled with things made by somebody, mm-hmm. and the things that the thing I love about that when I so I always talk about this kind of tapestry of art or this tapestry of connection, and what I mean by that is when I see like somebody in their zone of genius playing live music, when I read poetry, mm-hmm. when I see a beautiful piece of art. When I watch an incredible film, when I listen to um, an audiobook or read a book or whatever, um, all of those things are like different threads, but of the same tapestry. They all connect back to the same source. Yes. And so for me to be in a store full of items that have been made in the physical form, but that came from an idea or a feeling or a flow state mm. is really powerful. I think yeah. it's really quite healing. And also I think that's why it can be so inspiring to be in a place like that. Well, it's kind of like when I go to art galleries, it's yeah. not just the beauty. It's like, whoa, I'm surrounded by people that were in a flow state. Yes. And it was so elusive yeah. to me. It yeah. still is in some ways. Yeah. Um, 
that's why when I birthed my exhibition, I was like, whoa. Because mm. it just came, it poured out of me. Yeah. And I lived in that state every day until I birthed the exhibition. Because, you know, nothing like a spicy brain and a deadline. <laughs> that's just how I roll. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I go to art galleries not to feel inspired by what I'm looking at, but to be surrounded by people that have accessed that flow state that seems so elusive. Like, Mm. it's like, how do you just turn that shit on? And that's why I love being with kids because they are fearless. They know what makes them happy. They They know exactly what color they want to go for. And they go for it. Yeah. And I, and it's funny, um, I did a short course with uh, my art teacher and we ended up doing, um, uh, she used to be Marley's um, camp Australia, like before school care yep. person. Yeah. And I found out she was an artist and she ran classes with like um, Hampton Community Centre with um, a lot of older people, like mm-hmm. in their 70s. And she's like, I'm running courses, you should come. And it was through Bernadette that I learnt, oh, oh, I actually can draw. Yeah. I just actually love um, doing it my way, um, yes. which is quite some people would call it modern yeah but um it's kind of like picasso not the faces and not the real things but like his um bouquet of peace or when matisse got sick and he couldn't paint anymore and he painted with scissors it's that simple organic stripped back childlike um very unencumbered yes And the idea of someone doing some, a doodle like that, or yeah. like, you know, um, people who are not, who think they're not creative, they'll go, oh, a kid could have done that. But like, did they though? Or did you do it? Did yeah. you do it though? It's like, you know how hard it is to, to do something it. like that? And for it to be simplistic, but so powerful. And put your name on it. Yeah. And put a 25,000 price tag on it. Yeah. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Because yeah. I love that. And also like the storytelling or like the provenance behind that. So like the link of its origin to where it is now hanging on a gallery wall. But also I imagine the turmoil that the artist would have experienced yeah. for it to have even come to fruition in the way that it has. Well, you know. Like that's just the one piece that's on the wall. Yes. But imagine all the others and the months of malaise or, yeah. you know, other stuff happening. So the one that's in my, um, you know, the where the dining table is, the hand one with it looks like hair, but it's actually mm. an empty bouquet. Right. Right? Yep. So I remember drawing my hand a lot because um, at my ex's um, parents' holiday house, there was a Picasso's bouquet of peace and I used to draw that. And I started um, in what year would it have been? Was it the beginning of 2019? I was really sad, quite depressed. Mm. And I remember I was in the last month with my psychologist, Heidi Rogers, who's a gun. She <laughs> said to me, okay, before we look down the meds route, yep. and I'm not anti-meds, but mm. she's like, I want you to document every day with like a, just a color, a red, a green, or an amber, yep. the type of day you're having. Because yep. just say you have 27 green days and really there's only four really bad red days. Then we know. We know. Yeah. But in that block of time I want you to do the things that you know just on paper are good for you so like drink your water Mm. meditate go for a walk even if it's 10 minutes draw for 10 minutes read for 10 minutes eat something nourishing eat something nourishing um take your vitamins 
Try and sleep. Try and sleep uh, at a certain time Mm. and actually do that for 30 days. See what happens. So the hand was a doodle, a byproduct of the 10 minutes of that morning when I'd wake up at 6 and draw for 10 minutes. Mm. So the idea of it, those 10-minute doodles at 6 in the morning when (laughs) everyone was fast asleep, before my my power walk, before everyone got up, like it was like this kind of regimented um, accountability to myself. To see it on a wall... And then I made colouring in sheets where the kids um, could colour it in. And what was fascinating is there were adults in there who had their own story or their own experience of loss. And they would they cried seeing that, that image of the hand because they thought it was hair. That's what I thought it was too. But when the kids were on the floor colouring, they right. all drew flowers on it. Oh, my God. And the power of that piece that I created mm. in the middle of the morning when everyone was asleep is now talking to people. Yeah. It was wild. It has like a life of its own it's now. Like, whoa. Mm. You know, and grown men saying, oh, when I saw that piece, because it was the only one without any flowers on it. Yes, yes. Or foliage. Yeah. It really stood out to them and, you know, they said, oh, I, I just lost my mum. Yeah. And it made me cry. Yeah. It's like, wow. Through like a cancer. Yeah. 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 So and that I, familiarity of seeing that. Um, and they assumed it was hair. Yes. Yeah. But actually... Well, that's the context they're looking at it. From. Yeah, with my yeah. breasts cast around. Mm. But actually it was it was a, it was, um, a flowerless bouquet. Mm. And they were like, whoa. I was like, yeah, but you know, samesies. Helpless, hopeless, <laughs> yeah. loss. It's all the same. It's all the same. Hair, yeah. Blooming, stems, go. whatever, you know. Yeah. But it was that... It was the... Cause it and, and and the placement was just intuitive, like it was in the middle of it all. Oh wow! So not even at the end. It like, was like slap like... bang in the middle. Yeah. So it was like the pivot point mm. where I started um, doodling Australian botanics and then looking into Filipino botanics yes. and realizing I don't know anything about the, my culture. To the culture, and it heritage. was cancer that made me really. I knew it when I became a mum, but when I became sick i was like what am i going to tell these kids yeah about the lineage or yeah what you know. i mm. and then i guess that was the byproduct of um my parents and lots of other migrants who come here they sacrifice for a better life but what happens is you trade don't it. know where your roots are mm. and that becomes a different thing like trading your connection for a fresh start for a better life yeah um and and going, and then I met um, these beautiful women called um, the Entrepreneurs. It's um, Fidesz and Grace, but I met them through my beautiful ch- um, friend Jean. Um, and she's like, "You need to talk to these women. You just mm. need to talk to them. You <laughs> share, share the same values." Yeah. And they really champion um, Filipino creatives mm. or uh, Filipinos in um, the food industry yeah. or. And and celebrate the second gen nature of it, right? And what right. that brings, and not being enough, not Australian enough, not Filipino enough, never enough. That's stuck in limbo. Yeah, and not knowing. Yeah. Um. And so that's why everything that I do know is about food, mm. because that was my parents' love language. And that is such the connection, isn't it? It's like how yeah. we nourish ourselves, how we nourish others, a way of like all coming together for something, like celebrations, functions, death, dinner death yeah initiation into like 
and that's um so they they released a book called the calamansi story yes. and a lot of that is about what it means Which is the fruit right yeah the fruit yeah, yeah um kumquats yeah um and it all the stories in that book were about what it means mm. and when i looked through my parents photos i couldn't find a photo of this thing but all the photos were the same it was like just put on like um loop it's like baptism birthday death marriage camping but all food yeah right and that's all i knew yeah really yeah that is the that is like the anchor for all of those events yes and that's the love language yeah um um and i remember any well when seb met my family i was like whatever you do just eat the things and don't <laughs> call them yeah. and do not call them their first names but they told me their first names it's like that's no. a trick it's a trick <laughs> it's a test it's a test <laughs> To don't see how fall. sensitive you are culturally. <laughs> don't fall for it, man. This, she doesn't want to be called meal. Josie, mate. She doesn't want to be called Josie. She's, she's lying to you. Yeah, don't do it. Thank you so much for listening to the first half of that conversation with Yaz from Tiny Cupboard Creatives. Um, I hope there was a few laughs in there for you and a lightness and a frivolity that could be translated from our lounge room conversation about art, relationships, teaching that maybe have connected with you in some way. The next half of that conversation will be available next week. In the meantime, if that felt like something fun (laughs) that you'd like to share with friends we would love it if you could share this episode or podcast um, with friends that you think might enjoy it or might benefit from getting a glimpse or a taste into what the art of connection means for creatives and other people in the community so thank you again for listening and i will see you next week for part two of my conversation with Yaz from Tiny Cubby Creatives.